If you will, open your Bibles tonight to Psalms chapter 27. I'm going to let you remain seated tonight because we, we're going to read through uh, this whole chapter. And one of the things that David's talking about here is, uh, it, even in my Bible, there's a subtitle. It says, My heart shall not fear. But how we, as followers of God, uh, sh- should be... Not concerned, not uh, focused in on the fears and the things that could scare us, but rather, rather realizing that God is in control of every situation. 
uh, here it says in verse 1, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked, even mine enemies and my foes, came upon me to eat up my flesh, they stumbled and fell. Though an host should encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war shall rise against me, in this will I be confident. One thing have I desired of the Lord, that I will seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord, and to choir in His temple. For in the time of trouble ye shall hide me in His pavilion." In this, in the secret of the tabernacle shall he hide me. He shall set me up upon a rock. And now shall mine head be lifted up above mine enemies round about me. Therefore will I offer in his tabernacle sacrifices of joy. I will sing, yea, I will sing praises unto the Lord. Hear, O Lord, when I cry with my voice. Have mercy also upon me and answer me. When thou saidest, Seek ye my face, my heart said unto thee, Thy face, Lord, will I seek. Hide not thy face far from me. Put not thy servant away in anger. Thou hast been my help. Leave me not, neither forsake me, O God of my salvation. When my father and my mother forsake me, then the Lord will take me up. Teach me thy way, O Lord, and lead me in a plain path. Because of mine enemies. Deliver me not over unto the will of mine enemies, for false witnesses are risen up against me, and such as beneath out, and such as breathe out cruelty. I had fainted unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and he shall strengthen thine heart. Wait. I say on the Lord. Let's bow. Dear Lord, thank you for this day. Thank you for allowing us to come out to to read your scripture, dear Lord. Let's take the words of David tonight as he's pinned out for us and help us to realize that you are a God with a plan. You have the power to carry out that plan. And in you is the victory. Dear Lord, help us to realize that your timing is always perfect. Forgive us all our sins. In your name I pray. Amen. Um, just, I heard a story the other day about a man. Uh, he, he went to Walmart and as he was walking into Walmart, he looked over to his right and he heard a woman hollering, Help! 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 As loud as she could. And this man walked over and said, Ma'am, what's, what's wrong? And she says, I've been shot. And, and so this man begins to look around. He doesn't see any blood. He notices that her hand is on the back of her head, but he says, ma'am, where have you been shot? And she said, I've been shot in the head, and I'm holding my brains in. And so he goes to investigate, and sure enough, he finds exactly what happened. A can of biscuits exploding in the back seat. <laughs> See, this woman, this woman had a very sincere fear. She thought something had happened. This man, he took in the whole scene and he looked at it from an outside point of view. And he realized that the fear was not really anything to be concerned with. 
When we think about God, we need to look at Him in this perspective. He sees the whole picture. He knows what's happening from the outside point of view. And though it seems as if our world is crumbling right before us, He's got the better picture. I've learned a few things as I read through the book of uh, Psalms, and especially chapter 27. One of those things that I've learned I want to share with you tonight is God's plan will prevail. When God says, I'm going to do something, He means it. Uh, God had a plan for David's life. If you remember the story, uh, He sent Samuel, and uh, Samuel looked at all his brothers. And, and God, God told Samuel, don't look at their outward appearance, don't look at their stature, but look on their heart. And that heart that he was searching for was the heart of David. And he found this little boy tending the sheep named David, and he anointed him that day king. But we know that David himself, he, he, he ran from Saul as Saul pursued him, being threatened by David. But I wonder as David ran, if he thought back and realized that God's plan was bigger than what he was facing. As he was running from King Saul, did he realize, God's got a plan for me. He's going to see me through this because his plans have not become a reality. God has plans for you and I. And if those things have not become a reality, then... He's still going to work through us. He's still going to use us. He's still moving us to the place that He wants us to be at. Right? Maybe God's putting us in the midst of something right now because He wants to see us somewhere else later. You know, if I took out right now and I went to Mississippi, there's no way I could get there without crossing the Mississippi River. Right? Maybe God's got somewhere He wants you to be, but you can't get there unless you cross whatever He has in store for you. Maybe there's something in your life, a roadblock, a troubling situation, and and even James himself says, count it all joy when you fall into temptation. Why? Because that worketh patience. Maybe it's patience God wants to get you to, but you can't get there unless you face the temptation. The struggle. The next thing I realized, and look at verse 2, it says, When the wicked, even mine enemies and my foes, came upon me to eat up my flesh, they stumble and fell. David says the enemies stumbled and fell when they got close. And it reminds me that God's power is sufficient. Not only does He have a plan, but He has the strength and the power to carry out that plan. David says when that enemy got close, they stumbled and fell. And I couldn't help but think of another time when Jesus made people stumble and fall. If you look over in John 18, John 18 and verse 6. These, these people were coming, they were pursuing Christ, they were coming to arrest Him, to take Him into custody. And in verse 6 it says, As soon then as He said unto them, I am He, they went backward and fell to the ground. 
I want to I want to let you think about this moment in your minds for a second as these people are coming to arrest Christ. And they said, who is Jesus? He said, I am he. They fell down. You tell me who's in authority at that point. (laughs) Jesus Christ. And, and Jesus Christ, we know that He could have called a legion of angels to save Him from that moment. But He had the power and the meekness to endure that moment for you and I. David says that these enemy come to Him and they fall because God has the power to fulfill His plan that He set into motion. He was letting David know, they're not going to get you. I'm in control. David said the enemy was, was sneaky. And you know, we've got, we've got a sneaky enemy ourselves. If you remember the scripture in 1 Peter, in 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 6, it says, 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 6, It says, humble yourselves therefore under the mighty hand of God that He may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon Him for He careth for you. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil as a roaring lion walketh about seeking whom he may devour, whom resist resist steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. But the grace... Or the God of all grace, who hath called us unto His eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after that ye have suffered a while, make you perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle you. Our Heavenly Father can even protect us from the devil himself. And it reminds me that that God having this power to protect us, to guide us, and to carry out His plan, it reminds me that we have the victory in Him. Think about this, uh, David running from King Saul and, and David spending nights away from home, so to speak, in caves and hiding. And, and But David in the back of his mind knows God's going to pull him through. God's going to see him as king. David will one day dwell in the palace. That's the victory. That was his hope. And I think about us here in this world and the corruptness that surrounds us. Nothing here on this earth is my hope. My hope is with Him in heaven. I have an eternal dwelling place and He loved me so much that He sent His Son to die for me that in Him I have victory. And that victory, that knowing, that hope that He's coming again it pushes me towards what I call a private, private obedience. It says to seek His face in Psalms 27. It, see, it says to seek His face. It's, it, it, it means literally seek His will. Seek what He'd have you do in, in your life to exemplify, to glorify Him. David in this crucial spot in his life, knew there was no way to make it without God's help. 
I wish we all could understand that today. We cannot make it without God's help. I lean upon Him for my yesterday, my today, and my tomorrow. He's got tomorrow right in His hands. But yet, half of our country, half of our society turns to drugs, money, alcohol, whatever, to fulfill their yesterday, today, and tomorrow. We need to lean upon God as such David did here in this scripture, realizing that he holds the future. Also, look at verse 14. Wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and ye shall strengthen thine heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. You know, David, at one point we know that Saul came into uh, a cave and David could have killed him. And we know that David had a great group of men fighting on his side. And he, he could have went out and charged Saul and his army. But that wasn't the Lord's will, was it? He had to constantly remind himself, I've got to wait on the Lord in the way the Lord's going to do it. And the fact of the matter is God's timing is always perfect. Not only does David say it once, but he says it twice here. He says, wait on the Lord. When we got this and that rising up in our lives, uh, we ask God to help and He just seems to be ignoring us. Maybe He's telling us, wait. Wait on me. You know, if I, if I got right here and I set three dominoes up and I knocked them one over and it knocked the other two over, probably nobody in here would say, wow, right? But if I took dominoes and I worked my way all the way around this building and, and all, I streamed it through every pew and I knocked it down and it just started trickling, there would be people sitting here and, oh, wow. And I want to say, what if God is using your life like that? He's trying to line up all the pieces so that when it all comes together, it's a spectacular moment. And yet sometimes our selfishness gets in the way and we say, God, I'm just ready to knock it down, right? God, I'm just ready to get it over with. I want to see what it'll do. I want, I want to, I want to see where I can go on my own. But what if God is saying, wait, wait, I'm going to make it happen. I promise I'm going to make it uh, something spectacular. I think about Lazarus's death. If Christ would have just picked up and said, my buddy's dying and he went, there would have never been a resurrection. There would have never been much people who believed. But God laid the pieces together. If we truly believe that God has a plan, we've got to realize that God's timing is going to be perfect in that plan. I want to ask you tonight, as you look at Psalms 27, you look at the life of David, do you realize God has a plan? Do you realize that He's got the power and He's got the might to fulfill that plan? And no matter what, no matter what this world throws at us, no matter along that journey, along that plan, what comes into our lives, He still holds the victory. And His timing's perfect. As we get ready for a hymn of invitation... Sometimes we look at our lives and we think, wow, there's a lot going on. 
Or, or, wow, I can't believe I'm having to go through this. I think about King David as he's, he's running. He, he's running for his life. But yet resting on the promise. Can we do that? Can we run for the life that God wants us to endure, God wants us to go through, but yet rest in His promise that He has the victory?